Hello, everyone. Michael Martin here. Thanks for being here. Um, you know, I've probably spoken about this on the show once before, but a lot of intellectuals kind of come to the table with the ethos that they are already omniscient or highly intelligent or they've made money and had success in one industry and now they're going to try to apply their wares here in the marketplace and that's that happens quite a bit there's nothing really wrong with it but they do come to the table with blindside because um, being intelligent doesn't isn't necessarily a transitional skill when it comes to managing risk it's a good skill for becoming more and more intelligent for sure but this market thing from the context of today's discussion the market is not a game that you have to figure out in the, in terms of risk management it's really you that you have to figure out when it comes to risk management and i think you know for those of you who are put in this kind of a position where all of a sudden you know you're into a bunch of cash you bought or sold a business or you're taking on you're onboarding a new client with a giant sum of cash Make sure you know you convey to your clients who you are if they're going to challenge you to be the risk manager, right? Because if you have the wrong overlay based on your emotional constitution and how you manage risk, it might not be a good fit for what their expectations are. Lest we forget that expectations have built-in disappointments. You know, many, many years ago, I was dealing with somebody who for whatever reason, wanted to call me every morning at 6.30. And I said, listen, this is disruptive. I'm not interested in really talking to you at 6.30 in the morning. 6.30 in the morning is when the opening bell happens in California for the stock exchange. And I said, this is not going to help me do any better. There's nothing I have to report. If you want a stockbroker or a financial advisor kind of relationship, then I'm not the right person for you. And... You know, so we talked about it and we turned out it wasn't a good fit because their emotional needs were needs that I was un I was unwilling to fulfill them, you know, and it was an enormous amount of money. Um, it's the kind of money where, you know, this one client could have been a career, but at the end of the day, if it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit, right? You can put two really good looking people together and if there's no chemistry, there's not going to be a second date doesn't matter so do you want to be miserable and kind of you know always at someone's beck and call that's not how I'm built emotionally right I'm sitting at the head of the table and I don't it's it's most clients are more than happy to have you do your thing while they go do their thing that's the happy marriage that's when one and one equals three so you got to be put yourself into that spot where you're not going to be kind of jumping through hoops for people if it's not what you do. If it doesn't help you create alpha, then it's a wasted, wasted energy. It's wasted emotion. It's wasted, wasted intellect. Two, I really don't want to talk to anyone that early in the morning. The only people that would call me would be traders who would get fills, right? Hey, we have a fill on this ticket. Okay, great. Here's my protective stop. That's it. Other than that, I want to have my coffee and I want to be left alone. So calling me at 6.30, what do you think of XYZ stock? I'm like, what the hell does that have to do with what I'm doing here? So you, for those of you who are listening, you know, you might want to consider getting clear with your clients on who's making the decisions. 
if you have full discretion, which is not power of attorney, you're going to make the buy-sell decisions, the quantity decisions, right? You're going to manage that P&L. You might be able to get the, in the client agreement, get your fee arrangements squared away so that you can submit invoices to the prime broker or to the custodian to submit you your fees without having to go through the client. I would recommend doing that um, and get on a fee schedule. If they want to all of a sudden become traders because they feel through you they have a lifeline to the market and in you they have a partner who understands these things, you should have a very frank conversation with them about what that means. Here's why. You could have a client with $120 million in assets. They may take $2 million and put it into their kind of jerk-off trading account. Perfect. Make your mistakes there. But I don't want to be part of that $2 million account, not in any stretch of the imagination. Give me the one eighteen and go away. So if you want to do Bitcoin, marijuana, gold, sugar futures, knock yourself out. I know all about it. But I don't want to be dealing with the door prize. I want the main asset, and I want to run it in peace. You want to trade your account, that's great, but I'm not going to be the sounding board for the $2 million. So you might want to have a conversation with the client, like where are they going to do their extracurriculars, right? Because the day-to-day, -day, it puts you in a spot where you can only lose. If they call you up and say, what do you think about Zoom on the pullback? And you say, I don't know. I think it's probably going to be, hypothetically, around for a lot longer than people think, even if the COVID vaccines come and prove effective. Why? Well, for the folks that I speak with in industrial and commercial real estate, their clients are scratching their heads saying, huh, we've been more productive with people staying at home. What the hell do we need a commercial lease for, even though we have a nice you know, piece of property that we own, that we rent or lease. But if you say you like it, they go buy it, and then it challenges 300, they're like, well, why are we, you know, why did you tell me to do this? If you say you don't like it, and it goes up, you see, so you're constantly putting yourself in a good spot, and it's their idea. So it puts you in a tricky spot, a very tricky spot. And I think, again, all really, really, really good relationships are based on communication, whether they're platonic, business, or romantic. If you communicate well, you can probably work through a whole bunch of issues. I know that doesn't sound scientific, a whole bunch of issues. What's a bunch? I don't know. But I do know this, is that if you communicate and you make the first move, then everyone else has to play your game. So bring the conversation up, have that discussion. And if they need time to gestate or think about it, well, cool, the ball's in their court. At least you brought it up. And to me, that speaks to probably integrity, right? Because the last thing you want is the phone ringing at 6.30 in the morning with somebody who's all jacked up about the daily vol, which in the grand scheme of things doesn't mean a whole lot. If they're really going to be running this money with what, what I would refer to as a dichotomy, the dichotomy is this. They have their... If, if, you know, they got their 118 in the 50-year plan, and for some reason, 
They want the action, right? Instead of going to Vegas, they're going to take $2 million and roll the dice with a bunch of stuff in the short term. So you have a split personality here, right? You have someone who has their safe money, you know, but yet they still have this other aspect of their personality that they want to try to act out on or manifest in a smaller account. Well, that, that $2 million account is going to be so much work for so little money that, you know, again, I would, def I would demure on it and say, hey, take this and uh, go to some subscription service or something for your daily ideas and try it. And here's how you manage risk. This is how you would want a position size. Here's how you'd manage risk. Good luck with it. But other than that, I find it a distraction. And to be frank, I don't want to be involved with it. Right? I just want to handle what you're going to allocate to me and go from there. Now, if you want a trader, we can help interview people. That's a whole other ball of wax. But in terms of the day-to-day, -day, I'm not a day trader. And I don't look at things. Everything happens according to my model. So I don't want to be part of that. As they say, good fences make good neighbors, right? So, so draw those boundaries on what you can do and what you're willing to do and communicate it. Because even if they might be bristling, you know, well, I'm paying you all this money. No, you're not. You're paying me to run the 118. That's what I want to do. Not interested in day trading a $2 million account. I got better things to do. So anyway, that's my evolution for today. I appreciate you being here. If you want a copy of my audiobook, go to Martin Chronicle, get it. It's for free. I'll see you tomorrow.